Hi, and welcome to the Mouse and More podcast. My name is Mark, and I am joined tonight by my fellow co-hosts, Adam, Tony, Chris, Rachel, and my lovely wife, Bridget. How's everybody doing tonight? Great. Mark, how's it going? Good. Good. Great. Chris, what do we got going on tonight? What's our topic? Well, tonight's kind of a hodgepodge. We're going to do a little news. We're going to talk about visiting Oga's Cantina Awesome. at Galaxy's Edge, because we really can't stop talking about Star Wars, and we just have some fun stuff to talk about, so I'm going to throw it over to Mark first, actually. All right. How's well, that I, for exciting? I, it is exciting, and I have a very exciting story, Ooh. because at the happiest place on Earth, what do you want to hear about? You want to hear about Fights. some... You want to hear about fights. <laughs> you want to hear about somebody punching a cast member at the Tower of Terror. That's what you want to hear about. Ooh, tell me more. So apparently last Saturday, while we were there, we weren't in this. We weren't in Hollywood Studios, but we were at Disney World. Um, a, a, a guest was trying to get into Tower of Terror and thought they had fast passes for it, or thought they had valid fast passes or something. Got all the way up into the you know, into the hotel part of the, of the, of the ride and found out that they didn't have valid fast passes. And the cast member told them that. And uh, apparently there was an altercation (laughs) and the, uh, the guest, it's not funny actually, but the guest punched the cast member, um, tried to do something on the, you know, the board that the cast member runs on that, on their podium, you know, and then they, they left, but, uh, the cast member called security and security found them and they escorted them out. And the, 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 it was a, a, a female who was 23 years old. No names have been given, uh, but she is now banned from Disney world forever. And uh, they were escorted out of the park. So there you have it. I can kind of see, you know, the heat gets to you, get a little frustrated. You just walk away. Why would you even think for a second that hitting someone who's making less than $15 an hour and who has every intention of making sure you're happy because they know what happens if you're not, they get a complaint against them. Why would you harass that person? Because you're trash. Yeah, it's uh, that's it's amazing. I will say this, that uh, tensions were running high last week. It was very hot and it was it was very crowded. Yeah. Last week. It Um, was crowded. Like I was, I was sort of surprised because we, um, we, we had heard that the crowds were lighter this summer, but that did not uh, happen last week. <laughs> I would say like the first day we were there, it was kind of light. First day of Magic Kingdom, but it, it built up quickly. We were there the week before you guys. Well, and for a couple of days, you know, when you guys first got there, it was not crowded when we were there. We had such a pleasant time, but. You know, with the weather, the it got hot like the last day we were there. We're like, oh, I'm so glad we're leaving town, you know, because it wasn't good. Although for some reason, my husband was like, do you want to stay another day? I'm like, no. Yeah, that's so awful. It is awful. And, you know, here's the thing that people don't know about cast members. Guests can make very arbitrary complaints against them. And those complaints are taken very seriously, even if it's understood that the complaint is not entirely valid and if you have complaints in your file then it can keep you from doing things like even a lateral promotion so it's really important if a cast member does something great to let Disney know because they reward that but they take because guest satisfaction is so important they take these things very seriously so your cast member that you're dealing with probably has 
every intention to make sure you're happy within the confines of, you know, that they have to make you happy. So when I hear something about like this happening, it makes me very sad. Yeah, and obviously yeah, you're not supposed to um, touch anybody, regardless of no. the job they're doing. Especially when something like this yeah, is Tony. not even... Yeah, come on, Tony. <laughs> hey. I know it was you. Hey, I must. I applaud this cast member for three reasons. One, uh, they showed restraint and didn't respond in kind. Two, they were actually trying to help the guest find fast passes for the attraction Yeah. when they were punched. And three, the cast member opted not to press charges. Yeah, that's really, I mean, it sounds like he just wanted it to all go away. Like, I'll go into those rides sometimes, and I'm like, how do they handle this? Because even if the guests are kind and nice to them, which I think the vast majority of people are, um, you know, you've got so many things going on around. You've got kids making noise and jumping around and screaming and rides and music. I'm like, how do you keep your cool for eight hours? I don't think I could do it. Bridget, now, didn't you say your brother was actually thinking of transferring over there? He was thinking about, you know, he's been, you know, he that's one of his favorite attractions. Uh-huh. So um, he was saying, like, how he'd really like to work there. And I, I sent him to the story. I was like, you might want to rethink this yeah. one. <laughs> but, make you, makes people angry. I, it does get a long queue line, but I mean, that's the thing. It's not, you know, you don't really, not supposed to be taking out your anger like that. <laughs> hey, now, I could understand it at Flight of Passage. Not really, but, right. you know, but of course. There's, that's pretty bad. <laughs> the, the article said that it was at the second point, right, when they're going, where they're already inside the building. Yeah. So somehow they got past the initial fast pass checkpoint, right. uh, unless if they cut the line, either not I, realizing they I'm cut the line sure or they, they did it on purpose. They probably did it on purpose. I've seen people walk through those touch points and not touch their band and just keep yeah. walking. It's very easy to do when you've got 20 people you're paying attention to or there's somebody whose fast pass is messed up. It's very easy to just walk through there with your group um, if you are thus inclined. Uh, so yeah not to get off subject but when we were at big thunder there was a couple and a kid that went through the fast pass line that kept saying they're looking for their kid and they got past us and then eventually they got to a cast member and the cast member i think made them go into the the standby line and uh, we don't know if they were lying and didn't actually have a fast pass but it certainly seemed that way especially the whole looking for the kid part yeah just because it was like how old is the kid that you let them go on the line by themselves i don't know Mm -hmm. but we don't know all the details so i guess i long for the old days when a fast pass line uh used to actually have multiple checkpoints because they used to check you like at the entrance then midway through and then when you got to the front yeah, some of them still do. Yeah, I know. So- you know, I went through the queue on Star Tours, and that's a long that's a long walk. And I was checked at the front, and then you get to the merge point, and they didn't check it again. So what's to stop anybody, like you said, from just hopping over that little fence right. and getting into the fast pass line? Very little, in that one at least. So I, I think the moral of the story, though, is like everybody can get a little upset on vacation. I've heard stories about Mark. Um, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, you know, people can get upset. People can get angry. Don't get banned from property and just walk away. Just remember how hard those people work for that money. I mean, like I said, their intention is to make sure you're happy. You know, they can't make miracles and they certainly can't give you class, apparently. So do you want me to do my second one? No. No, okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay, my okay. So the second one, this is also a little short one. Um, there, there were photos posted by the Reedy Creek Fire Department showing evacuations, like practicing evacuation from the gondolas at Hourglass Lake. Um, and apparently, 
they have special equipment all along the line to so that if if the gondolas get stuck for some reason they have they actually have a a vehicle that has a ramp that you know it'll it can lift up to where the gondola is and you can walk out on the ramp and get a, and a ladder and get down and everything oh my but appara- gosh but this apparently so cool. at Sorry. hourglass lake you can't do that because it's over and I, I guess there's special boats that happen if it happens over the water but at hourglass lake for whatever reason they either don't have that boat or they were just testing something so they were actually repelling out of the <laughs> out of the gondolas. So if, in the event that you, you had to get out in there, they posted these photos, the fire department posted the photos and then they took them down quickly. But of course, you know, the internet being the internet, people got pictures of them. So, uh, you know, if you can't get out of the gondola on a, you know, on a specially designed vehicle, you can always repel out. So there you this go. This is not how I want to get out of that gondola. I'm looking at the pictures right now and it looks pretty cool. I mean, like I didn't know that, I mean, did they have like special training for this or do you already know how to do this as a firefighter? Because this is pretty awesome. I think that's what they're doing is they're figuring out the training. Yeah. Am I the only one who wants to see Sylvester Stallone inching across the cable? (laughs) As a a cliffhanger, everybody's got to get out of the gondola. (laughs) I want to see that. Maybe not Sylvester Stallone, but I'd like to see you do that, actually. Cliffhanger part two, the gondolas. I'm telling you, Disney, in this situation, if, if this ever happened, Disney could slap an upcharge on this and call it a magical experience, and, and they, you know, it'd be, it could be like a ride. Well, and I'm, <laughs> I'm looking at how they do it when there's just regular ground. So they've got, like, basically a, a thing that just goes up, a platform, and you could just right. get out. That would be a little scary. I'm not going to lie. Just FYI. Right. I don't want to do any of this. And if they ask me to repel out of this, I am absolutely going to ask for a free night at my room of in my room at Pop. Just well, at- look, look at it this way. Look on the bright side. By the time they get this thing up there to get you out, you'll probably have passed out from heat exhaustion. So it'll be really fine. <laughs> <laughs> just carry out. Oh, so, so you won't even be conscious, so it doesn't matter. So we were at Art of Animation last week, and I, like every night, I was walking around. And in my fantasy, somebody said, let me show you what the inside of this gondola looks like. Because there were people in there working, right? But I would go up there and I'd take pictures, and I'm trying really hard to figure out how big these gondolas are. Because they supposedly seat eight to ten people. How is that even possible? Are these all like supermodels? Maybe that, you know, but they're so tiny looking, to be honest. And even the, when the, like somebody said to me, well, the doors are basically like a door on a bus. Was that you, Rachel? Somebody said that. But even then, it doesn't look like it'll fit all those people. Yeah, they're really not, like we saw them last week kind of in person for the first time. And, yeah. um, and yeah, they don't, they're not big. I mean, they're really okay. not. They don't look big. That's interesting. Yeah, we'll see. I'm looking at the pictures of, of the firemen right next to it, and they don't look that. They look like, you know what they look like? Have you been to the airport lately and seen those breastfeeding booths, booth things they have? <laughs> yes. Have you seen those? That I have seen. They look like. Yeah. They're about the same size. <laughs> oh my God. They don't look any bigger than those, and those would make me claustrophobic. I mean, every time I see that, I'm like, yeah, that doesn't look great. Will any of you be there when it opens? Uh, no, just you, right? Yes, I've got a reservation for Caribbean Beach that day. I might be sleeping on your floor. 
<laughs> you have to report back to us, Rachel. I'm done. Oh, I can phone in from the sky. You should. Every that would be amazing. <laughs> Live video from the gondola. That would well, be awesome. How close you're sitting next to the person next to you? Oh, and I'm afraid of heights, so this Are should be really? really entertaining. Yes. Okay, now I might really have to go down. <laughs> you have to be brave, though, because you'll have Parker with you, and he won't want to see his mom scared. It'll make him scared. Yes, I will be brave, but, oh, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. In September in the heat. That's what I'm just like, ugh. Yeah. That's, that's, I, I don't know. I mean, they just, to me, eight bodies in there, all sweaty. We'll see. This, I just feel like Disney has thought all this through. I mean, it's not like anyone has come forward and said, you know, don't worry, we figured it out. They just said, hey, there's, you know, air coming through. They move pretty fast. I mean, I know that Bridget and Mark saw them in person, and they do move quickly. So They weren't moving when we yeah, saw they, them. Yeah, they were just on oh. the line. They weren't moving. Oh, okay. So they were moving a lot. They, I filmed them going into Hollywood Studios, into the little um, drop, you know, like area where you get out, and then out, and it was pretty fast. Um, and they really come out fast. Like, they go whoosh. I think um, – it almost is like they were moving them at night because every time we saw them, they were totally stationary, but there were different gondolas. Yeah, that's like, because so. they didn't want them to have a heat stroke, right? <laughs> Most likely. This is what bothers me. And I'm obviously going to go in there and I'm not really, I'm not afraid of heights in that sense. But what bothers me is for some reason, I thought they were like two things that attached to the wire but then i realized when i saw them in person there's only one thing so if that fails i'm just completely out of luck whereas if i had a backup attachment somehow i feel like i might have a chance of surviving until a brawny fireman can t repel out and <laughs> help me because um, in my in my situation he is brawny if it but, falls, they have softened the ground underneath the uh, gondola cars uh, to cushion so it. Wrong. That's not going to help. Safety you, sand. <laughs> like a playground. <laughs> Boing. It's going to bounce. That'd be great. You could just bounce like five or six times in your gondola. Hey, kids, hold on. Yeah, this isn't. I don't know. I, I just think if I can be assured that it's never. And it's just if you look at the picture, it's just holding on by a little tiny thing. Yeah. I'm sure it's mm -hmm. safe. Yeah. Chris, you can stop now. You're not helping me to repair. <laughs> you can stop just, now. Now go get in that gondola, Rachel. <laughs> I just thought there were a couple oh. different wires and a couple different attaching, you know, areas where it attached. And then when I found out there was only one, I was like, I'm less confident about this now. Anything could happen. You know, I am I am looking up on the internet as I speak right now the largest <laughs> uh, mass transportation casualty events, and not one of the top 23 involve a gondola. It's number 24. Y yes. Okay. We won't See, talk about that. Here's the thing: these statistics mean nothing unless you're that guy, right? And then they mean everything. It's like when you're flying in a plane. Every time I get in a plane, I say to myself, "This is safer than driving to the mall." Especially with my driving. But that doesn't mean a darn thing unless you're that one plane that has not the best luck. Okay, Isn't so it ironic, don't you here. think? It's you're, ironic. What's that? I know I'm not helping you. I'm sorry. I'll, yeah. co I'll come down for the day and I'll ride it with you. The reason I went ahead and booked Caribbean Beach 
was because I thought you were going to be at Pop. No, I'm at All Star, and then I switch over to Caribbean Beach for that day because I wondered if they might restrict it just to the people staying at those resorts the first couple of days because so many people might want to ride. Here's here's what I wonder. Do you know how Disney has turned everything they've done lately into a media event with bloggers and this huge like you know podcasters. Yeah, but not us. Um, Don't ever, don't hold your breath. Um, Okay, so they've turned it into a media event. Are they going to do that for this? Is it going to be like every beauty blogger on YouTube is going to be in there applying her winged eyeliner? Um, so yes. she can, you know, justify her free trip because that's what they had down for like the 30th anniversary for Hollywood Studios. They had like beauty bloggers, you know, and among other bloggers. So I'm like, I wonder if they're going to do that for for this. That might be interesting. And I also heard, and I don't know how true how true this is because it was, you know, on the internet. But I also heard that maybe some other lines will be open sooner than. Like maybe one or two would be open. I want to ride it. I think it'll be exciting. I hope my kids don't make it rock. Anything else about the gondolas before we move on to something equally exciting? I like to give Disney the benefit of the doubt that people aren't going to be stranded or die or fall out or whatever. (laughs) I do too. Hey, this is my bread and butter. I absolutely, I give them the benefit of doubt on everything. But there's just one thing holding that on a wire. (laughs) Safety is their number one concern. Exactly. Guess safety. Yeah, I think so. I'm sure it'll be fine. It'll be interesting. Here's what I like how they have the monorail, like dine around the monorail, progressive dinner. When, not if, when does the gondola dinner, progressive, whatever, go around? It's actually going to take place in the gondola itself. They're just going to get a raw chicken, and by the the time you go from Epcot to Pop, your chicken will be done. (laughs) And breakfast, they'll do eggs, right? Right. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, that would be a great experiment. Next summer, one of us is going to go into the gondola with an egg and a pan and see how long it takes it to cook. (laughs) Deal. I'm down for that. All right, you're in charge. You guys always go in July. Okay. Okay. All right, let's move on to the next story. Rachel. Yes, I'm very excited about this next story because I'm going to be there in the month of September. Visit Orlando is offering Orlando's Magical Dining from August 23rd to September 30th. This is similar to like restaurant dining weeks and months offered in Boston, Chicago, New York, but this is in Orlando. And the meals are 30. It's a prefix dinner menu. And it's the meal is $35 per person. You get an appetizer, a entree and a dessert. And then you're responsible for the tip and a dollar from every uh, meal served goes to charity. And most of the charities benefit children. This started back in 2009. And since then, they've raised over a billion dollars for charity. Oh, wow. Some of the restaurant locations are actually at Disney Springs as well as the Swan and Dolphin. And a lot of these restaurants I have wanted to eat at, but I haven't wanted to spend over $100 for me to eat. So some of the restaurants are Morimoto Asia, Paddlefish, STK Orlando, Terralina Crafted Italian, The Edison, uh, Maria and Enzo's. Those are all at Disney Springs. 
the Todd English's Blue Zoo at, I can't remember if it's the Swan or Dolphin, but that's included. And I've heard wonderful things about that, as well as Il Molino. I'm sure Italian men, I'm butchering that, but it's included. Wine Bar George back at Disney Springs, Wolfgang Puck. And then even there are some restaurants over at Universal as well. At the resorts, at Hard Rock Hotel, the kitchen's included. Um, at Portofino Bay, Mama Della's. And I've actually eaten there, and that place is fabulous, I thought. I really enjoyed my meal. But this is that's an Arkansas tongue-tasting Italian food. I don't know if you Italian guys like that one. And then um, Island's Dining Room at the Royal Pacific, Bice Ristorante, and Amatista Cookhouse. I don't know. Have you all been to any of these restaurants before? I've been to a few of them. Which yeah. one do you have a question? You know, I've, we just talked about this earlier. I've been to... Um, you've been to Morimoto Asia. I've been to Morimoto. I like Morimoto. I think the price deters me. I think this price makes me feel more comfortable. We've done the Edison. I don't recommend the food there at all, although I should probably go back um, and try it again. Yeah, I mean, that's great. I love eating at Disney Springs. I don't think you can really get a bad meal there. And if it's cheaper, that's great. So which ones are you going to try? Oh, I don't know. Because Aleo's offered as well. And I know you didn't mm. like it, but I, I love Spanish food. I, I would encourage you, if you're interested in this at all, get on the Visit Orlando site and look at the menus. Because they do only it's only three selections for an appetizer, three for an entree, and a couple for a dessert. You don't have to have a special reservation. You can have your reservation through your My Disney Experience, or you could go through Open Table for these restaurants. And when you get there, you just request to have the Orlando Magical Dining menu, and they'll provide that to you. So there, you don't have to do anything special to eat at these restaurants, just the same way you normally would if you were eating at Disney or Universal. Uh, so I'm excited. So I don't know if anybody ha wants me to go check one out, and I'll have my son, so that should really be interesting. You should check out Morimoto only because my company built their restaurant, and it looks wonderful. I haven't been in. You I haven't mean, been there. there? I think you I've would like it. it. Did they were they responsible for the interior design? Yeah, the interior. Yeah. It's Good absolutely stuff. beautiful inside. It's one it of the is. prettiest restaurants. Would you feel uncomfortable taking your kid, just you and your kid? Absolutely not. It's totally kid-friendly, but it is more upscale looking. The one I probably wouldn't take a kid to is STK. Okay, so not as, yeah. They had steak on the, included in theirs, a coffee spice ribeye steak. That sounded kind of good. So I don't, I don't really understand that restaurant. It never seems to have much of a crowd. Um, I think the whole concept worked better maybe 10 years ago in New York City where it started. Um, I don't know that it works in Orlando because the whole idea is it's a steakhouse and it's a club. I'm like, well, maybe not not working in Disney Springs. But it's for the, um, you know, it's for the, the young kids, youngins. Yeah. yeah. And I, I don't I was just going to say, I wasn't aware that Wine Bar George had food. That looks very intriguing. To me. I have heard such good things about it. And the only thing that kept me and Kevin from going there last week was the fact that we were like, well, do we really want wine? You know, I mean, we wanted food. We weren't really, we're not big wine drinkers. So, um, and you went we to did, Sanaa, right? We went to Sanaa. It was yeah, amazing. Yeah, place is so good. Oh, so much. Uh, everything was perfect there, yeah. I wonder if you can take kids into Wine Bar George. I, well, I'll tell you what, you you could definitely take them into Oga's Cantina. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, tell us about Oga's Cantina. Okay, so uh, that was a nice segue. Okay, so I, I was 
I, I don't know why I did this, except that I'm crazy. I had points. I had a place to stay. I went to Disneyland for 32 hours. I was literally on the ground for 32 hours. And it was the most fun I have had in Disneyland, minus my kids. Um, and so I, I met a friend of mine out there. So you with me, right? Oh, that you know what? I have to tell you, it's so funny. My kids, my, my son, my youngest one, still talks about Adam. People, kids love Adam in the parks. I don't. Adam's like the perfect like surrogate uncle in the parks. <laughs> so just just so you know, he he mentioned you while we were out there a couple Thank times. You. So yes, I thought it was adorable. Anyway, so I, I had the best time, and one of the reasons I went is my friend Alicia is the kind of person if she says she's going to make it happen, it happens. And I really wanted to go to Oga's Cantina, and I wanted to go before Disney World because I'm wor- worried that. I'm not aggressive enough and I'm not interested in standing out in the heat enough to actually see Oga's Cantina before like January in Walt Disney World. So I knew she'd get me in and she did. So we went there on Sunday and we couldn't get in. They said you have to sign up at seven in the morning for, you know, you do it on your phone, get your reservation and come back. Well, I got on the phone. And I tried and tried and tried. I couldn't get through. She texts me about 7.05 and says, okay, I'm good. We've got it. And I'm like, what? How did this happen? Anyway, so we went there for lunch. Well, it was lunchtime. We didn't eat there because they don't they don't have food. They have three snacks on the menu. I'm sorry. They have two snacks on the menu. They have like a little Japanese cracker kind of thing. That was actually really good. They have, you know, wasabi peas and that kind of thing. It's called Batu Bits, which is kind of appropriate. <laughs> I know. And then they have this weird blue jello thing, which I was not going to get. The, we had to share a table with about like a family with like more children than the Brady Bunch because it was like a big booth. And, you know, they're trying to move people in and out. Um, and the kids all had the jello. They seemed to like it. You go in there at your appointed time. You probably wait about 10 minutes. You go in. They have crazy music. And at first, the music is kind of annoying, and you're thinking to yourself, God, this is really annoying. I do not want to hear this. Like, It's almost like techno, space techno. I don't know. But it kind of grows on you after a while, and it's kind of fun. And it's very high energy, lots going on in there. They have non-alcoholic drinks. They have alcoholic drinks. I have the milk and cookies, which is blue milk with a cookie on top. And it was okay. I mean, I could have skipped the cookie. They might want to rethink that cookie itself. Um, And the blue milk was, instead of the frozen stuff that they have outside, which is excellent, it was just cold. And it's not as good cold. I think it's better frozen. Everyone else at our table had drinks except those strangers' children. They were not drinking, obviously. And it was just fun. We had a blast. And all I could, everything was so, I mean, it was perfect. The theming in there was phenomenal. And I said to my friend, Alicia, I said, you know what? Mark's mind is going to be blown. <laughs> so he's you're going to love it. I mean, like I'm a Star Wars fan, but I'm not at the level that you guys are. And you guys are going to love it. I would just say one thing. Just keep in mind that they're changing as we go how you sign up for these things. I have no idea what they're doing at Walt Disney World. But right now, if you're going to Disneyland, like I said, you'll sign up at 7 a.m and get your your time to come there and we didn't wait outside maybe 10 minutes our return time was uh 12:20 and we were in there by 12:30 and that was we waited a little longer just to get a booth i think in hindsight i might have wanted just one of the little bar area 
places to stand because I think it was um, you could see more. The other thing I want to say is the thing I really wanted to do and the thing I liked about Disneyland is that there were no restrictions on entering Galaxy's Edge, of course. I walked in and out several times to check out things, to take pictures, to see what was in the shops. Um, to finally get that sweet and spicy popcorn, which was kind of interesting. I had never seen it at night, and I didn't really know anyone who's seen it at night. Most of my friends or coworkers or whatever have gone during the day. So I wanted to see it at night, and it's phenomenal. It's like all, like the mountain itself is all like bathed in blue light, and there are different shades of it. So as you walk in one area, it's very light, and then you get near the Millennium Falcon, and it's this bright blue, almost like the castle. It was great. I mean, like during the day, it's all really kind of tan. And we were walking into Galaxy's Edge during the day on Monday. And we heard this little boy say to his mom, Mom, it's so dirty. And the mom said, well, it's supposed to look like that. (laughs) You know, but it's very, you know, it's kind of a dusty, you know, it, it doesn't have the usual like vibrant colors and everything. But at night it does. And it's really fun. So that's cool. You're all going to love it. So I was excited to go there. The food I'm not so sure about in Galaxy's Edge overall. I think it's not been my favorite. So, okay. All right. Let's go ahead and move on to Bridget. Okay. So it looks like now we just got back from Disney on Saturday night. And already it looks like um, there's being they're doing some um, enhancements to area that's right in front of Magic Kingdom. So where the boat stock and the monorails let out and um, where the security checkpoints used to be. So they're updating a bunch of stuff there. And this was not going on when we were there. So it just started. Um, and what they're doing is it's, it's all in preparation for the 50th anniversary, apparently. But um, they're going to be removing the old ch- uh, security checkpoints and making that area a little bit more fluid so that when you know for crowd control, because right now you have all these cast members out there trying to guide people to the boats and the monorails and it's a little bit chaotic when you leave the Magic Kingdom, especially at night after the um, fireworks and everything. So they're actually going to be moving, like the one boat dock, the boat launch, um, gold launch, which is goes to Polynesian and Grand Floridian. They're actually l- removing that and pushing it down further. And then they're going to be, let's see, they're updating. It looks like they're pushing one of the bus loops back and they're opening everything up in the front there. Um, They're going to have a whole new security checkpoint um, for the ferries that come over from the Transportation Ticket Center. And it looks like they're putting in like new new areas of like just kind of landscaping. So there's going to it kind of makes everything a little more fluid and there's more of an entryway from the boat launches. And it looks kind of like the monorail area where you come down from to exit the monorail actually looks a little bit shorter, too. So. and then that's also part of this whole walkway thing, too, where they're pulling up the bricks um, that people have bought in the past, and, and they're doing um, the repaving them, that area there, too. So looks like we're going to have a whole new entranceway to the Magic Kingdom, which hopefully will help with a lot of that crowd control, because it does get a little crazy, um, especially at the end of the night. I wonder how much changes this will bring, because the monorail capacity isn't changing. they got to have bigger boats, like the Polynesian Grand Floridian boat that they were using when we were there was a, one of the smaller boats that only holds, you know, maybe 20 people. 
20, 30 people. It's not a lot. I don't know how much this, I mean, the buses are the buses. You're not going to add more buses. It's the same amount of resorts. If anything, it's going to get worse because you got more resorts that are coming. So they're going to need more spots. Um, I know. I think it's just, it's more, because it's so congested there, especially since they don't use that old security checkpoint. You know, it's just kind of there and in the way. Yeah. I think, yeah. you know, you know how it gets with when when you exit. It's like if you walk, you want to go towards the boat, but then you walk towards the monorail, then you kind of got to go back around. Yeah, well, because they have a big planter sort of in the middle there. I wonder if right. they're going to – I don't, I don't rem- remember from looking at the plant if they're getting rid of that. Regardless, the people are still going to be there, and the transportation options, that's not changing. So you could just redirect people, but uh, I don't know how much – this is going to change without adding capacity to a boat, without adding capacity to a monorail. And there's something else that they're doing. I don't know if we want to segue to that or not. I think that's a good idea. It's not confirmed from Disney, but they've got permits for a walkway bridge to go from the Grand Floridian to the Magic Kingdom. That is incredibly exciting. I've always, yeah. I've always said the best thing about the Contemporary Resort is being able to walk to Magic Kingdom, but I prefer the Grand Floridian. I don't know what this does with the electrical water pageant because the bridge is going where that canal is, where they hold it. Maybe it's a drawbridge, but if it's a drawbridge, then they'd have to staff it with cast members, I'm assuming, so that people don't try to like run over the bridge and jump it like uh, like Evil Knievel oh, would God. or something. Like Duke Kaboom? Yeah, or like Duke Kaboom. <laughs> Duke Kaboom. And well, you know there's pictures posted of construction there. Yeah, yeah. They just don't say if it's like going to be a drawbridge or if it's going to be right, like just right. a bridge bridge. And if it is a real bridge, then what do they do with the electrical water pageant? I well, don't the, know. The electrical water thinking... pageant floats aren't that tall, so – yeah. You know, even if they're 10 feet tall, that bridge only has to be 12 feet high. Yeah. Well, yeah, they could do that, too. But then but then you'd have to have it gradually enough so that a wheelchair can go up it because you can't just do a um, stairs. You'd have to also have it ADA compliant. Do you so think there's they a lot would of have to have it ADA compliant when there are multiple other ways for a guest to get to the park? It's bad show and it's bad publicity if they didn't, to be quite honest. That's probably true as well. Yeah. How many people do we see even in ECVs that are even just – That is actually ADA? true, yeah. They have to do it it's just the, and yeah. and even if it is a flat walkway and they put in a drawbridge the floats go out they pageant around the lake the floats go in it, it you know it's it's like when they use the drawbridge in epcot to bring oh, yeah. stuff out for illuminations right. yeah but they have cast members at an epcot all over the place to make sure people don't jump into the uh the river there they'd have to do that for this too and and that would mean casting you know and employing well, somebody to stand there oh i think people are safe to walk it or do you mean like just in general near the water or do you mean when the draw bridge is up or what i mean when it's up when when the bridge yeah. is up they're gonna have to put some unless if they have a good you know gate system so people don't climb over the gates I, I think that's probably – I mean, obviously, they're going to take all this into consideration. I'm just, like, ridiculously happy oh, about this. Oh, but what mm-hmm. I do want to try is a race between somebody walking from TTC to Good the point. Magic Kingdom now yeah. versus taking a boat or taking the monorail. See who gets there first. Do you know who's going to love fun. this? You know who's going to love this are runners. Runners yeah. will love mm-hmm. that because if you if you run – like I've stayed at Grand Floridian and you know walked in the morning or whatever and you go over to the TTC and you go back and forth. This just adds like another what mile or so round trip that you could add to that. It's it's gonna be nice. That'll be a nice. I mean yeah. I'm not a seasoned runner, but that's that'll be a nice. Yeah. Loop. 
Yeah, because because unlike me, you actually stay at those those resorts. <laughs> I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna break the bank. And then you just run right through the uh, metal detector that they yeah. have at some point, some part there. I would assume. Mm-hmm. Adam, has anyone said anything though about this possibly being done because of the space they have, where they have potentially thought of putting a resort? Because I've heard Lynn Testa and on his podcast often refer to that space in between the Grand Floridian and Walt Disney World and that it's a huge chunk of land and there's been talk before about putting a resort there, maybe a DVC. He said that on this show, yeah. I haven't heard of that. Do you do you really think that land is something they can use without encroaching onto like a lot of the backstage areas in the Magic Kingdom? Yes. <laughs> Look at oh. it on a map, Chris. It's pretty okay. big right back there. All right. And there's even the roadway systems already set up that's that true. behind there. Well, it'll be interesting. They'll put a DVC resort anywhere because it's paid for as people buy points. That's why these new resorts are getting DVC. Yeah, that's why. That's how DVC works. I mean, if you can't keep building it, you're you know losing money on it. So. Well, and if you put that resort there though, it, because of the sight lines, it also doesn't block any of the views from the Grand because it's set back. Yeah. That land is. That's a good point, too. Interesting. I kind of like having a lot of green there. I hope they don't add something new. Although, I actually thought that the DVC of the Grand Floridian would be hideous, and I, I, I don't remember how it looked before. It looks fine. It blends so, right in. Yeah, it's actually beautiful. Um, okay, well, that's pretty interesting. Even Bay Lake Tower blends right in with the contemporary. It does. I, mean, and I, th- I think this gets back to the whole thing with the gondola and Star Wars and everything else. You know, we always sort of... You know, as Disney fans, our favorite thing to do is kind of, you know, second guess what they're doing. And then it's done and we're like, okay, yeah, that made perfect sense. You know, I don't think they've done anything in a really long time that I haven't liked. So if I may, I'd like to segue into something I like and I just tried last week. It just opened, which is Toledo. Toledo. Sorry. And I specifically asked how it was pronounced just so I wouldn't sound like a total rube, which is a new Spanish style restaurant located on top of Coronado's new Grand Destino Tower. And first, I'll start with the tower. The tower itself is gorgeous. I know you guys have all seen the pictures. It reminds me a lot of the Four Seasons Resort, also on property. It's beautiful. It's very, um, you know, very modern, very stylish. Obviously, unlike the Four Seasons, they don't have a spa there of that caliber and they don't have a pool of that caliber. But the resort itself is gorgeous. So if you get a chance to stay at Coronado, you can upgrade not not for too much more, maybe like 40 or 50 dollars more a night to the tower. And um, it's beautiful. But what's on top of the tower is actually a lounge. And a restaurant. The restaurant is called Toledo. Toledo. Sorry, I can't say it. And we ate there. My husband and I ate there, I guess, the second night it was open. And it was kind of fun because there were lots of little Disney people that I knew from, you know, like following them on Facebook. Like Deb Wills from All Ears was there. And a couple travel agency owners that I knew from, like, bigger agencies were there. If you remember, I did not like the food at Haleo in Disney Springs. I thought it was really bland. Um, My experience at Toledo was the exact opposite. I thought it was fantastic. And we made the point of ordering a bunch of small plates 
and I won't go into all of them now. I've posted pictures on the private pages and on the regular Facebook page. We, I had the scallops. My husband had the pork. I don't recommend the pork. And we had, you know, the cheesy little toast appetizer, which was this is something that Rachel would love. I think you would like it a lot. But I have to say it was very stylish. Great service. We had an amazing waiter named Muhammad. And um, just everything about it was we had the best time. So if you get a chance to go to Toledo, the prices are going to be comparable to California Grill. You do have a view of all the fireworks on property pretty much that you can see from your table more than likely. Um, and it's gorgeous. So, And then we, we did go to the lounge and we met up with some people. That was the night I met up with Len Testa. Poor Len Testa. The, the lounge is super cute too. So check it out. Was it hard to get reservations? I'm sure you had them ahead of time, right? No. What happened was, um, you know, Jason and Reg, they had a reservation for that night and they weren't able to go. And so before he canceled it, he was like, hey, can you take this? And I was like, yes. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, but I have to go down on Sunday, I've got to go down for a ship tour with Royal Caribbean, which I am excited about because I'm not really familiar with their ships. Uh, that night, I'm, I I just kind of like spur of the moment decided to go there with Reg and Jason again. We're all going to go there and uh, check it out. So hopefully I'll try something different. Obviously, I'm going to try something different. I'll let y'all know. The steak is apparently like really good. So like butter. Yeah. Well, and that's what they're known for. They're known for their steak and seafood. The scallops were phenomenal. Adam, you would love the scallops. They were great. I love so, my scallops. I know you like your scallops. We we didn't have anything there we didn't love. And we were raving the whole time. And for a for a restaurant for their second night to have their staff just perfect. Um, we had a great server there, and you can actually request him. He, he told me to tell people that. Um, so he was really nice. I would I would say go there. The one thing I was not that excited with, they have these spicy churros, and they're not really that spicy. They do have, like, chorizo in there, which I'm not a huge fan of. But and they have like a little spicy dipping sauce. Those look really good, but they give you so many of them. You're like, why would I like you? You need like five people at the table to finish these churros. So just just so you know, it's a lot and it's not that expensive to get those. But yeah, it was good. It's a good date night for you and Mark. Yeah, I want to try it. I loved that view. I liked the pictures you posted. It's really nice, yeah. I mean, and, and none of the pictures really do it justice because it's really over the top as far as the design goes. And there are lots of little nooks and crannies. Like in the tower itself, you walk in and they have this great check-in area. But on the other side of it, they have like a shared workspace area. So like say you're on a business trip and you just want to sit down there and work. I'm like, I I don't know. I mean, it's so pretty. I might get distracted, but that was really nice. So I think that has elevated that resort into something entirely different. Very nice. I'm not staying there anytime soon because I'm too cheap to pay the $69 more than it was from Pop. But, you know, <laughs> one of us will eventually stay there, I'm sure. We'll go together. We'll split it. Yeah, without Mark. It. You know, I don't know how, but I almost forgot Tony. I don't even know how that's possible. But go ahead, Tony. What do you have next? All right. Some very big news that I'm super excited about uh, this week, and that is the new Descendants dance party. Ooh. No, I'm, I'm totally <laughs> joking. I'm totally joking. Um, this nope. week was Comic-Con in San Diego, 50th anniversary, the granddaddy of them all. And uh, 
Disney was represented uh, by their Marvel and Star Wars properties. Um, not too much came out of the Star Wars event, uh, a couple of new miniseries in terms of comic books, but no film news. Um, but Marvel made a ton of announcements. Uh, the first announcement was uh, by Kevin Feige, who is the president of Marvel, Marvel Studios, that Avengers Endgame has finally surpassed Avatar to become the number one grossing film of all time. Uh, as as of Sunday morning, Endgame's total was $2.79 billion worldwide, which broke Avatar's 10-year record of $2.7892 billion. Uh, of the, those uh, figures, $853 million was domestic and $1.936 billion was international. Um, so uh, Avatar, which is actually now a Disney property after the Fox takeover, um, is uh, you know had a good 10-year run. But uh, it's time for Marvel to take the mantle, and uh, you know, congratulations to all involved. Um, yeah. And then there was other news related to Phase Four of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now, this phase is going to be a little different than what's happened in previous phases. Um, phases one, two, and three all took place on the big screen. Uh, phase Four is going to incorporate the small screen as well. Um, what used to be their television properties and streaming services uh, are now all going to be under the umbrella of Disney Studios. So there's going to be one centralized unit taking care of continuity and all that and making sure that everything is, is uh, you know, interacts accordingly. Uh, so we have a pretty cool slate uh, between now and 2021 uh, of properties. Um, starting in May of next year, we're going to get uh, Black Widow, um, starring Scarlett Johansson. It's going to take place after Marvel's Civil War, and we'll finally cover the Budapest event uh, that is, keeps being referenced during the Avengers films. Um, after that, in the fall of 2020 on Disney+, Plus, we're going to see the debut of the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, Falcon will be wearing a Captain America costume. Uh, Anthony Mackie was fitted for it uh, within the past week or two, so we'll see what happens there. And the villain's going to be Baron Zemo, who was central to the, uh, the Civil War. He is the guy who engineered all that stuff with uh, T'Chaka and killing him and and, and whatnot. Uh, nerd alert! Nerd alert! I, I was just it. you're like read my mind. <laughs> right. Uh, in November of 2020, we have The Eternals starring Angelina Jolie. Uh, the Eternals were brought about by the Celestials, and they are the protectors of Earth. Uh, are they once... really the protectors of Earth, Tony? They are. They oh, are. Okay. Kind, kind of like Captain Planet. Um, <laughs> and, uh, Is it, Captain once again, Planet Marvel? No, he's not. Uh, oh, but um, The Eternals uh, are, is an ensemble film, so we have uh, many heroes coming together. Um, don't know what the plot is yet, but uh, we'll see. It's it's a property that not many people know about, uh, and I kind of feel the same way I felt about it when I heard that Guardians of the Galaxy was becoming a film, where it was like, you know, that's such like a B or C tier type of team. I don't know why you would bring that to the film, and Guardians worked out fine. Uh, after that, in February of 2021, we have Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, this is a character from the 70s when everybody was into martial arts. So uh, Shang-Chi is a martial arts expert, kind of like the Iron Fist, only Shang-Chi actually is Asian. I'm um, very much looking forward to that. I yes. think that looks very interesting. Yes. What, what I th am excited about is the Ten Rings part of it. Yeah. Um, the Ten Rings yeah, were referenced cool. 
in both Iron Man 1 and Iron Man 3. And when you hear the Ten Rings, if you're a comic books fan, you, you're aware of the Mandarin. In Iron Man 3, we kind of saw the Mandarin, only to find out that it was Trevor Slattery uh, playing a part. And uh, hopefully, well, we will get to see the real Mandarin. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that'll that be cool, because Iron Man is one of uh, – Iron Man's biggest foe is, is probably the Mandarin. Um, but if Iron Man's gone, I don't know how that'll fit in there. So, so we'll ben, see. Is Ben Kingsley coming back? Oscar winner Ben Kingsley? No, this is going to be the true Mandarin. Uh, and the real oh. the real Mandarin was actually referenced during the Marvel one shots, which used to be little what? short films. Yeah, little oh, little gosh. short films that were put into each of the uh, home video releases. So the home video release of Iron Man three, they actually interviewed uh, um, Trevor Slattery in prison, uh, and he is broken out of prison uh, by the what we perceive to be the true Mandarin. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Which one was Trevor Slattery again? The Mandarin. We we he he was portraying the Mandarin uh, in the movie. And oh, I come to ben find Kingsley out, he was character. an actor, Ben Kingsley, playing Trevor okay. Slattery. All right. Um, in the spring of 2021 on Disney Plus, we're going to have WandaVision, which is the Scarlet Witch and the Vision. Um, it's going to be kind of it's been described as weird. Uh, we don't know how the Vision is coming back. We don't know if this is all taking place in Wanda's mind. Um, but the Vision did meet his demise in Avengers Infinity War. Uh, after that, back to the big screen for Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange in the Mysteries of the Multiverse. Uh, so the multiverse was alluded to in Spider-Man Far From Home. We found out the multiverse didn't exist, only to find out in 2021 that the multiverse really does exist. Um, this is going to be Marvel's first entry in the horror genre. Uh, for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, so that that'll be interesting. Um, back to Disney Plus in the spring of 2021, we have three new, sh- I'm sorry, two new shows: Loki, which will star uh, Tom Hiddleston as Loki, although it will be the Loki from 2012 that disappeared in the middle of Avengers Endgame with the Tesseract. Spoiler uh, alert there, in case you haven't seen the movie yet. In, you know what? It's it's ju- it's July. If you haven't seen Avengers by now, I'm not calling spoiler alert. <laughs> just, just get off the duff and go see it. Exactly. Yeah. It's the number one, just, just, it's the number one just, film of all time. I'm just making sure, in case people were listening. That I, have, seen I appreciate your vigilance, Adam. Thanks. And... Uh, we're also going to get What If, which is a series I'm excited about. Um, what If is an old comic series by Marvel that kind of reimagined heroes. So, like, what if the Fantastic Four got different powers? What if Peggy Carter became Captain America? Uh, what if, uh, you know, Iron Man was Russian? Um, and the cool thing is this is Marvel's first animated entry. Um, it's going to be on Disney+. Plus. And uh, the fun thing is all of the voice talent is going to be the actual actors from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So when there's an episode with Captain America, it's going to be Chris Evans. Um, so that that should be exciting. Uh, in the fall of 2021, we get Hawkeye starring Jeremy Renner on Disney+. Plus, um, and Hawkeye will be there in his Ronin character and will introduce the next Hawkeye, Kate Bishop, uh, to the Marvel to the Marvel world. Um, so you think that's before Endgame that takes place or after? Um, I've heard that it takes place in during the five years. During the five uh, years. Be- between, the, between the snap slash blip, whatever you want to call it, and the time they came back. All right. Um, next, in November of 2021, I know my wife is excited for this. I know Chris is going to be excited for it. 
Um, partially, I'm a little excited for it too. A little bit of a man crush here, but uh, Thor in Love, uh, Love and Thunder. Um, it is going to be the return of Jane Foster to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yay. Uh, she, she will be portraying the female Thor, and we will also have Valkyrie, who is looking for her queen to rule New Asgard with her. Um, this cements Valkyrie as the first LBGT character uh, that Marvel has. Um, so there's supposed to be a love triangle involved. Don't know who the players are. but uh, I think you're one of the players, Tony. I, I, I only wish. Um, <laughs> and, and then the last the last announcement to come out of, of uh, Comic-Con was completely unexpected. Oh, come and on. That, let's go. Let's go. And, and that is the announcement that is, there is going to be a new Blade movie. Um, many of you may remember Wesley Snipes, who starred mm-hmm. in three Blade movies, and I think there were, was a television sh- series as well. Um, but uh, Wesley Snipes is gone. And he's he, in jail now, isn't he? Uh, I believe so. Tax evasion? Uh, uh, yes. So. No, no, he's actually out. Um, oh. Blade. The new Blade is going to be Mahershala Ali, uh, probably murdering that pronunciation. Yeah, I think so. I don't but think that's how you say it. He portrayed Cottonmouth in the first series of Luke, uh, first season of Luke Cage. What? Uh, and yeah. he's awesome. Yeah. He was, I, I think he was the best part of that show. He was really, right up really in, good. right up until he was killed. Spoiler right. alert. <gasps> oh. So uh, that was a lot of news. Uh, you know, some films were missing from that, and that was uh, no announcement for Black Panther 2, Guardians 3, or Captain Marvel 2. No announcement on the Fantastic Four. X-Men. Uh, or what about X-Men? X-Men? Well, X-Men are being referred to as mutants right now, uh, uh, not specifically X-Men. Oh, and you, know there was, you know what they didn't talk about? What's that? Was that the new Mutants movie that Fox was making, which I don't even know if is that they can do that anymore with uh, Maisie Williams from uh, it, is that her name? It has a release Game date. Of, it has a release date for next year. They didn't talk it, about it though. No, they didn't because it's not part of uh, MCU Phase Four. All right, all right. All right. Um, and there was no announcement about uh, the Submariner, Prince Namor. Uh, people thought that uh, he was going to come up with a film, especially since it was kind of alluded to in Endgame when they were talking about sea quakes off the coast of Africa. Everybody thought that that was going to be Atlantis and the Submariner. So, uh, like I said, big nerd moment. It's probably uh, this weekend. just King Triton and the Little Mermaid. Let's be it honest. could be. It could be that uh, that's all connected. It's all connected. Yeah. That announcement was not part of Phase Four for uh, Little Mermaid. Um, it's coming. But, it's coming. Just just trust me. It's coming. It is. It is. So that was the uh, update from Comic Con. Uh, I probably bored everyone to tears already. I think Adam's the only one still awake here, <laughs> and uh, I'm gonna throw it back to Chris. And Mark might be awake too. I'm here. Yeah. Excellent. So. I just have one question. Why no Black Panther or Guardians 3 announcement? Because D23 is next month, so they've got to save stuff for that. So okay. I'm I'm, ass- I'm assuming that D23, we're going to get more info uh, about movies after 2021, uh, you know, 2022, 2023. Those, some of those release dates have already been blocked out by Disney, and they're just yeah. listed as untitled Marvel film. So hopefully we will get some more details. I would definitely expect D23 to have some Star Wars Episode Nine announcements, considering the film is being released in just well, just about five months. And we've only seen one trailer. Uh, they just finished reshoots. So, uh, you know, I, I would expect to see J.J. Abrams. And, I heard they're still doing reshoots. Yeah, they they were supposed to wrap up, up but uh, I think they're doing them in Pinewood. Um, yeah. 
And, oh, that's and they were local up, here. Uh, no, oh, the real no. pine wood in in okay. England. Oh, oh, okay, not the yeah. one here. The pine yeah, wood in I, Georgia is just a smaller, smaller version. And I, I just saw something today that um, said that there's a big Marvel announcement coming for D23. Yeah, oh, I'm you, sure. you figure they've got to save some of it. I, I have some free advice. So Chris Pratt from Guardians, of course, just got married. And we all know that Chris Pratt tends to get a little chunky. So before he gets, you know, packs on that, you know, happily married guy, 50 pounds, he needs to shoot Guardians 3 and wrap everything up because I don't have a lot of faith in him staying you know he's he's like the king of the dad bod well you know that that <laughs> might that might work because if thor has his dad bod for guardians Ooh. 3 maybe maybe star lord follows suit you know they mm-hmm. compete with each other they do they really do i just uh selfishly i think he needs we need to get him in as quickly as possible to, so to connect this with the parks if there's no release date <laughs> for no i'm serious guardians 3 they were supposed to film the Guardians coat roller coaster stuff during Guardians 3 filming and if they're pushing Guardians 3 back till after 2021 there's a good chance we won't get the Guardians coaster opening till after 2021. Uh there's no way they'll hold it off that long. Yeah, I don't I don't, I don't, I don't know. Mean, so yeah, no. The stuff for the coaster's already done, I would I would suspect. Yeah, you won't you won't see Guardians before 2022. Yeah, you he, don't think so? Because no, James so Gunn, he's he's committed to doing Suicide Squad for DC, which had, which has okay. a release date of 2021. So they'll film in 2020, edit and release in 2021, then they can start principal production on uh, Guardians 3. I would. Do we have time for this last part? We kind of thought about this, and I think it's kind of interesting right now. You know, one of the reasons I went out to Disneyland was to get into Galaxy's Edge before the craziness hit at Disney World. And I just wanted to get everyone's opinion on just what they think's going on with the attendance issues at Disneyland, with the issues we have at Disney World. You know, they just released another round of discounts for September and parts of the fall. Um, what do you guys think? What do you think's going on? The number one issue with Disneyland of being at low crowds is because majority of the annual pass holders are blocked out because are they that, still blocked out even yeah, now yeah they're they're not blocked okay. out they're blocked out until the end of august the, okay the southern california lower tier and even the deluxe pass the one that i had is blocked out so that's the the majority of i think why galaxy's edge and disneyland as a whole is not as crowded as everybody thought it would be because the annual pass holders are blocked out and there was a lot of, you know, and from me specifically, um, fearing that it was going to be extremely crowded during the summer. And I think people held off on taking vacations or long weekends or whatever they do out in Southern California to go check it out. So I think it's a combination of fear and no annual pa- and a lot of annual pass holders being blocked out. From Can going. I ask you a question? Are some of those passes just blocked out on the weekends because the crowd level between Sunday and Monday was it was it felt like it was twice as crowded on Monday. No, the deluxe is is all summer. It's like okay. the whole every day. All right. I just kind of wondered, like I'm, you know, because it just seemed like the crowd jumped up quite a bit. Yeah. So I mean, maybe, and they're they're offering a deal now where, as an annual pass holder, you could buy a one day ticket for discounted price. Wow. And they also have a deal where, if you're an annual pass holder, you can bring somebody with you at a discounted price to, you know, one day ticket. They're incentivizing annual pass holders to try to come either pay out of pocket or 
come with a buddy or something and yeah. and get in there. And they also unblocked cast members from being able to check it out. Okay. That was the other big thing is the cast members were blocked out of their entrance gate passes and now they can use them. So okay. they want to get people in there. Anyone else with some thoughts on this? I know Rachel and I talked about it earlier. I think there's a general apathy from the Star Wars fans. You know, if you had said this is the Moss Eisley spaceport, there'd be a lot more excitement. If and you'd have said it's the planet Hoth, there'd be a lot more excitement. You know, if it was Alderaan, it would just be a big pile of rocks. Um, do, you, do you know but, what? My husband said ouch. that too. Thank my you. husband that was, was like, Gosh, totally. my husband was like, this is not the Star Wars. I mean, as much as he went into Batu and loved it, he said, this isn't, you know, the Star Wars that, you know, all of us grew up with. It's right. not. And I think part of the problem is, uh, you know, okay, Black Spire got a quick little shout out in Solo. Um, you know, yeah, Disney is great with their backstories. And they've put out the three issue, uh, the five issue Galaxy's Edge miniseries, which is supposed to cover a lot of the backstory. It's great that you're getting that story out there, but the general populace is not into comic books. You know, if, if you had put out a series of short mini movies on Instagram, uh, you know, like a like a 20 episode miniseries to do that. Um, of course, it's a lot tougher. It's easier to draw Han Solo and Chewie when you're writing about Galaxy's Edge than actually getting Harrison Ford and Chewie to star in an Instagram movie. Um, so maybe that's one of the reasons that they went that route. But, you know, nobody knows Batuu. You know, if you're reading the comic books, you get a lot of the backstory. You understand what's going on. You see how Han and Chewie are connected, why the Millennium Falcon is there. But you don't get it, you know, and there's not a lot of representation outside of the Millennium Falcon of the um, – I don't know how to put this. I, I don't want to say the original Star Wars universe, but, you know, there's there's no – there's no Vader. You know, it's not like you're going to go in there and see a, a Vader meet and greet. You know, well, Vader's you being, do have uh, Kylo Ren. Right. He but comes I, out, he skulks around a bit, and then he leaves. I, I and, think and, particularly after The Last Jedi, I think there's a, a segment of fan, And I don't I don't feel this way, but I think there's a segment of, of the fan base that, that feels like this Star Wars is not their Star Wars. Yeah. And um, – you know, and I and I think there and and I've I, I I've seen like online and stuff people saying you know Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is sort of an extension of that that it's not really their Star Wars. You know, I I don't feel that way, but I think others do. And I I also think that you know there's a bunch of hardcore fans out there. They're waiting for both rides to open. Yeah, and there's that. Right. I think that's a big part of it. Well, and that's true because you can you I don't know if there's still like Pop Century available for um the Galaxy's Edge opening weekend. It was a couple weeks ago, but I think it is filling up. But I mean, Pop is usually like a good indicator of what things what's going on on property, right? That and Porter Lane's Riverside. If those are full, then you've got a lot of capacity, you know, pretty high capacity. It was soon as they announced that Rise of the Resistance was opening. Literally everything was sold out on. And, yeah. you know, granted, that's like a Pop Warner week as well in December. But um, th- you can only get like certain types of rooms. And ironically, like one All-Star Sports ho- popped up and I grabbed that. Um, but now there's no values of, at all available. So I think you're right. I think people are waiting. Personally, I'm one of those people. Yeah. You know, it's a it's a big deal for me to get 
Well, I, I would say it's a big deal for me to get time off, but I don't have a job. Um, for now, it'll for now, happen. You know, for for me to get down to to Disney World, it, it's a big deal. You know, I'm not I'm not in Georgia. I'm not further yeah. south. Um, and I don't have the flexibility with the family and the kids to get down there. I'm not taking two trips, especially at the the prices that they charge these days. Even with a, you know any type of discount that I get, it's it's still a big nut and. Uh, you know, if I go down there, I want the full land. I want Rise. I want Smugglers. I want Oga's Cantina. I want unfettered access in the land. I don't want to be held to any. Like a king. No, not like a king, but I just, I just want to experience everything. I don't want to get, you know, half of it and then be like, okay, well, I'll come back in six months. Let me ask you a question. You're probably going to be down there because your kids do that kind of cheer, right? They do, yes. Okay, I hope you get to go. So do I. I actually wonder if if them changing, you know, because the rumor in Disney World was that this wasn't going to open until late fall, right? That's what they kept saying, late fall. So right. everybody's talking November, December, and like going, you know, sort of piggybacking off of what Tony said, you know, Disney's not a cheap trip, right? <laughs> so it's like I wonder the fact that they announced it earlier like that everything opened earlier than everybody was expecting i don't know maybe that maybe that hurt them and because people can't just drop everything they're doing and be like oh hey let's do a trip to disney world this weekend you know it's it's a big deal to go down there it's expensive you know you got to kind of plan for it so if they were saying late fall people were probably planning on not going until next year sometime you know and well, and i don't think that the the announcement move moving it up probably change anybody's plans you know and that was my point when talking with chris earlier you know i mean i'm in arkansas kind of in the middle of the country and people who want to go and take their families it's not a cheap flight i mean in arkansas the cheapest flights if you want to go to orlando international you're looking at 300 dollars a person yeah that's that's where we're at when you've got school teachers and other people you know who let's be honest let's look at what they make and I mean, I work in a, I've worked in schools and you're only allowed to travel during certain times of the year. And then those prices are jacked because if you want to go see it right after it opens, you're looking at Thanksgiving and Christmas. Well, I'm so, if you work in the schools or if you don't want to take your kids out of school. So, and the prices are jacked up, the crowds are up. Do I want to spend what money I have on the most expensive time to go wait in line forever with everybody else? No, I don't. Right. When I can only go about once a year. So would I want to maybe put it off till spring break or summer when some of the hype is worn off? Yeah, that's what I would do. Because even if I love Star Wars, do I love it enough to you to give up all my money just for that to wait in line? I mean, I just I don't know. I and I love Star Wars. I mean, I'm surrounded by a potato head collection of Star Wars characters right now. <laughs> I love it to pieces. And we're going I, I'm trying to figure out how my son and I can go the end of September for three or four days so I can see it, so I can help my clients and see a couple of other things. And for he and I to fly, it is $250, and that includes me driving two hours away. So so that's 500 And then the prices to stay the night, um, thankfully I've got an annual, you know, I've got an annual pass, but still for um, what was it? Friday to Tuesday, I, it's like six hundred dollars. You know, around if I even if I stay at All Star Sports, it was like five hundred the whole time. And then you do your food and you do your tickets, and the tickets are just outrageous. I sold somebody a 
four-day park hopper for Thanksgiving, and it was $580. And I'm sorry, $580, you know, when you can't just hop in a car and go, and or you don't have the flights that are around 150 or less, that's a lot of money. I, I mean, candidly, like, I'm, I'm a super Star Wars fan. I love Star Wars. I, I desperately want to go to see Galaxy's Edge. But it, it, re- it really isn't even it really hasn't even been on my radar this this, you know, to to, eat, to get down there this year. I mean, now we might have a chance in October because we're just coming down for that thing. You know, it really had like it wasn't even it didn't even register for me. I'd be like, oh, we'll, we'll be we'll go next summer. That's when we go. You know, part of the reason I wanted I wanted where I sort of want to go in October then to, for that reason, just to just to go there and just kind of check it out yeah. just to have an idea. Well, it's nice, yeah. especially if you're selling Disney, to go ahead and have a frame of reference. And right. you can look at pictures all day long, but until you've stood in the middle of it, it's really difficult to get an idea of it. You know what's surprising me is that Adam's not going. Like, I keep thinking that Adam's going to go, okay, I need to book my trip for the end of August, but he hasn't said anything. Oh, I mean, sorry. no, I'm just Come saying. On. No, it. because I would have thought that you would have wanted to see it right away, but I think you're t- kind of typical, kind of waiting to see what happens. Yeah, well, Chris, I... Chris, he hasn't said anything to you. <laughs> Darn it, that's my client. No, I'm kidding. I really do not like waiting in lines. No. And um, the annual pass holder preview is supposed to be coming out very soon, and I yeah. will be all on that. And hopefully, I can get a time that I can go, whether it be on a Saturday or Sunday or like, you know, on Wednesday or something. But because uh, then I'd have to just fly down for a night. Have and, you ever uh, done a pass holder preview for something? No, I haven't. I have to tell you, the one I did for Pandora was phenomenal. They had everything so well thought out and the crowds were just, it was great. It was really wonderful. I would I would do one in a second if I could. I don't yeah. think I could do this one. I think I really want to go to Disneyland in September. Because the crowds are so low, they're bringing back the Main Street Electrical Parade. Uh, yes. And I love that parade. So I might do that and then check out Galaxy's Edge out there. That might be smart, yeah. September. You could also yeah. see the Halloween decorations. Have you, have you seen... The Halloween overlay and the Halloween. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not, I don't really care for Halloween. Oh. Yeah, I'd still like to see it. The World one, that's a hot weekend. That's Labor Day weekend. It's going to be hot. It's going to be crowded. I I would think it's going to be crowded. And it's just a lot of line waiting. Okay. Well, I, I think it's all very interesting. I think, you know, it also seems like Disney fans to me tend to like to g- gang up on Disney. You know, like, oh, they made a mistake. This was wrong. And I'm hearing some of that. I'm hearing people going, oh, well, they overestimated people's interest in Star Wars. I don't know about that. I I'm really waiting to see how things go, but um. But the, I will you know tell the, you. the funny the funny thing is they do say that and they complain about Disney, but in the background <laughs> all you hear is ka-ching, 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 <laughs> ka-ching, know, ka-ching. So Let me just say that you know, and before I became a travel agent, before I was podcasting, I was a blogger and I blogged about Disney, and because of that, I met a lot of like really like hardcore. Disney people, you know, the kind of people who they never stay on property. They always have an annual pass. They're down there all the time, but they're they have to do it really cheaply because, you know, they're nerds and maybe they have like kind of a creative job, but it doesn't lend itself to, you know, staying at the Grand Floridian. So they're like at the best Western on on I drive and, you know, there's broken glass in the parking lot. And that's actually true um, at, at the one I'm thinking of. But, um, you know, these people are the ones that are going to really be critical of Disney. 
And particularly in Disneyland, I heard a lot of grumbling from people who are kind of like that, you know, um, these hardcore nerds. Oh, you know, it's ruining the park. There does it doesn't fit in there, and Disney's, you know, gonna fail. And I'm like, Disney's not gonna fail at this. No, it's, I mean they're making money hand over fist. Yeah. They really are. I mean, what kind of sort of turns me off a little bit is that the two other experiences that are open are paid experiences: the droid and the lightsaber yeah. experience. And and not only are they paid experiences, but they're very expensive experiences. That when you're done with the item that you've purchased, you really can't use it in the park. I mean, they're not you're not allowed to fight other people with lightsabers. Well, right? yeah, that's true. I, you'll end up on YouTube. And the droids, I, they say they interact with the land, but the interacting is beeps and boops. I mean. Like that's what it's doing. It's making noise. I don't. But I don't, you're I don't over. Care what the noises. I, they're gonna add to that, I think. I would hope, but they every time they say they're gonna add something, Mark, like Toy Story Mini Way Mania is gonna have overlays for holidays. That never happened. No, well that's and different. This yeah, is. I, I don't know how. How is it different? It was. It was a. The Toy technology's Story was a popular, already there. The popular. It's the same technology you have in your Magic Band. Don't you? Look, don't you remember when Disneyland doesn't have Magic Band? So I don't. I don't know how. To, don't you remember my pal Mickey when you used to bring him around the park and he used to interact yeah. with you? Oh they God, could do something that. like that. Yeah. So here's here's the other thing, Adam, though. I think that you're overestimating the amount of time people need to spend there. The amount of time that – like when you go into a land, like say Fantasyland, for example, you don't spend eight hours in Fantasyland. You don't spend the whole day there. You know, you spend a short amount of time and you move on. There is more than enough for you to do, even without Rise of the Resistance open. There's more than enough for you to do and see that doesn't cost you anything in that land to take up four or five hours. You could easily, especially if you're a hardcore fan, you are in there looking at every detail because you can't, even in the bathroom, it's like themed, like seriously themed. I think people will find more than enough to do that they don't have to pay for. I, I am curious to see how well the lightsaber thing goes, right? Like I know that the previews they had, all those people were out there like doing, trying to do the lightsaber experience. But I'm curious to see like when, when regular people are getting in there. <laughs> Yeah. How many people are going to get the lightsaber? Because I, I, I mean, I, for my, for my part, I have no intention of getting one of those things. Well, I, but I, don't, I don't, ways don't two hundred dollars. That gets back to the original point about the hardcore nerd bloggers and stuff like that. Yeah. Those guys don't spend that kind of money. They have an annual pass. They stay on iDrive. They go in there. They spend all day looking at things. They don't spend two hundred dollars on a lightsaber. Yeah. And that is the one thing I will think could be a problem is, you know, especially with that hotel that they're opening. Who are these people? Is it all just like really rich guys with like three days to spend locked in a immersive experience? I don't know. I, I think that kind of misses the point for the kind of person who would actually like to do that. So Yeah, just just a quick poll, Tony, are you planning on getting a lightsaber when you do when you go? Cheryl won't let me. Yeah. <laughs> Rachel, what about, are you or your son going to get a lightsaber? He wants a droid. He wants to yeah. build your own droid. So The droids didn't look that impressive. I was not that impressed. I was kind of like, yeah. Well, he hasn't been keen about the lightsaber, but the droid has his piqued his interest. Yeah. Yeah, my son's the same way. He's more interested in the droid. Well, it's half the price, right? Right. Okay. Oh, but, but Parker's not even looking at the cost. He's just right. – the droids are – and 
I don't know why, but that's what his interest is. A hundred bucks for a souvenir in the park for a kid is a lot of money. But people paid almost that much for a stupid banshee to put on oh, their shoulder. Did you know that somebody came to a garage sale of mine when I right before I moved, and he told me he bought one of those for a dollar at the um, Salvation Army recently. Well, of course, a banshee. Course. A banshee. Yeah. Yep, got it for a dollar. That's kind of the thing your kid wants, and then they, why would they play with it? They probably haven't seen it. Well, we've got two. And they had them at that character warehouse in Orlando. They finally have made it to the outlets. I don't see too many people walking around with those anymore. Evidently, though, one of the new things, did y'all see this at Animal Kingdom, is the Simba doll that is interactive, and it costs like $100. It looks weird. I did not see that. No, No, we didn't see that. that. My Same clients though. brought it back, and like you have to feed it grubs, and it sheds, and it you, it sheds. Oh Why not just get another cat? It could shed and be annoying, you know. Yeah. They said it was expensive, and I mean, it, they you have to feed it grubs. I have no idea. It's like a furby. Well, I I've got to tell you guys something, and it relates back to because somebody brought up Animal Kingdom. First of all, I got to go on the Millennium Falcon again, and it's not as good as Flight of Passage. Just Again, I would confirm that. But um, I have to say, does have you all heard that like there are safety sort of safeguards in place that if you have a pilot on the Falcon, that it won't crash and ruin, you know, like your ride won't be short, right? Like it's not like you're going to go in there for a two-minute ride and only get 10 seconds. Yes, yes. Okay. That is actually true. So I was a gunner. My friend was a gunner. There was a mom and her daughter behind us. They were the engineers. And this, I will just say what, they were hippies. This hippie couple in their 50s were the pilots. And they were very nice people, but they literally held hands the entire time. So they would not touch the controls. And so me being, you know, me, I'm like, hey, you've got to pull up. So when that happens, you get to have the entire ride with the nose of the Falcon pointing down. And in addition to that, when you're shooting, you don't shoot at anything because you're shooting at the ground. It was so frustrating. So your ride continues. It's just an unpleasant, very slow ride where you hit everything and you don't enjoy yourself. And the cast member, you know, when the thing opened up, uh, when the door opened, he said, that was the worst piloting ever. And the couple just walked out, you know. And I said to the guy, I'm like, they wouldn't pull up on the controls. They wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't fly it. I said, can we go again? And he was like, (laughs) we waited 45 minutes for this. So, yeah, it was was a bummer. I was very sad. Chris, just to jump jump back to something you had said, uh, the question you had asked about the the land as a whole. You know, my my problem with with what Disney's doing now is you look at how the park was originally designed. Adventureland, Tomorrowland, Fantasyland, very generic, right? You want to put a new ride in Fantasyland, as long as it fits the fantasy theme, you're okay. Uh, Tomorrowland eventually catches up with what your version of tomorrow is, so you need to refurbish Tomorrowland to a new version of the future. That's okay. With what Disney's doing now with their intellectual properties is they're taking these ideas and creating, you know, instead of just a generic land, it's 
Toy Story Land, Pandora, Galaxy's Edge, Marvel Land, and they're taking entire lands. Eventually, you know, Marvel's gonna gonna hit a wall. Star Wars has kind of done that now. We'll have to see how Episode Nine does and how the next trilogy does. You're taking an entire land and basing it on an intellectual property that may or may not work. And I think that's kind of short-sighted because your your short-term gains are there. You look at Disneyland. 64 years later, Fantasyland is still there. They continue to enhance it, and they've added new rides over time, but they've not had to, you know, large-scale retheme anything in Fantasyland because it's generic. But you're taking these lands now, and they're so specific. What happens in, in, in 15 years when Star Wars is no longer, you know, when Star Wars is passe? Now, do you take that entire land, close it off, knock it down like it's a stunt show, you know, and or a backstage tour and just knock it down and put up, you know um, – I don't know what's going to be big in 20 years, you know. Same thing with I don't others. think that's a problem, really. I mean, if, if it's something that's so passe that people don't like it anymore. And I get where you're coming from because in Fantasyland, a lot of what's – it's like classic children's books or whatever, fairy tales, um, where and they have staying power in their own right, whereas you're saying that maybe something like Star Wars or Marvel won't. And I think that's a very good point. Except, I mean, how long has Spider-Man and Captain America and all that been around? True, but but I mean, look at Pandora. Pandora had Pandora, had, I what? think, was a mistake. We had a four-year, five-year lead time, and right. you know that's that's part of why Disney's trying to develop these new trackless black box ride systems so that you could change them out quickly. Um, but we, by the time Pandora was built, nobody cared about Avatar. You know, the sequels that were supposed to be released in conjunction with the Animal Kingdom land never occurred. You know, sure, we've got four sequels lined up with James Cameron that he's supposedly working on. But who knows? You know, I I think Pandora was a mistake. Um, As much as I'm a big Marvel fan, you know, and they're doing all that work down in uh, California Adventure, Mm -hmm. you know, will it someday come back to bite them in the rear end? The rest of that park well, not the rest of it. Cause no, Paradise Pier. I, don't, I don't think it's ever going to bite them in the rear end, Tony. They're making money hand over fist on these movies, yeah, and, and I, then the people going to the park. But like I said, yeah. they're making money right now. What if, um, they, you know, what if in ten years nobody comic book movies suck? People will keep going, Tony. Whether you like the property or not, they're still going to go yeah. and do it. But I see what you're saying. I agree with you, Tony. And plus, honestly, the way business works is you only focus on the next quarter. You don't focus on the next ten years because that's all your your management can deal with, and that's all they really care about. And quarterly profits. That's all they care about. They don't care about profits ten years from now because most likely they'll be gone ten years from now. Those managers, well, they don't even care. And the other thing too is i mean if you think about it like they're getting what they need out of pandora right now who's to say it won't be gone in five years they'll modify it into something else and keep keep the idea behind flight of passage which is really the most superior ride they have right now i mean i i don't think that's really an issue but i do think that maybe less with star wars but i i absolutely think marvel has staying power i can't wait to see what they're doing out in disneyland you could they were really coming along on some of the construction from what i could see although i'm very sad that we had to lose uh Heimlich's Choo Choo is the corniest, most adorable ride ever. They could have put you, it somewhere else. You know, you can visit the Heimlich Choo Choo train in Pixar uh, Studios. Really? Yeah, they moved it up oh. there. I don't think you can ride it. I think you just sit in the train and take yeah. a picture. Yeah, I just, the other day, one of the pictures from oh, my kids popped up in Heimlich, and I was like, oh, so cute. Well, we'll see. You know, we we love to analyze Disney. We love to figure out what they're doing. I generally feel like they are printing money 
and I, I guess we'll see what happens. So. I wish they would print their own money and bring back Disney dollars. Disney oh, my dollars. gosh. Yes. You're such a curmudgeon, of course, right? You Those kids, get so off my podcast lawn. Get off my podcast <laughs> lawn. Okay. All right. Yeah, I was going to get Disney credit cards, although we kind of already had those, don't we? Yeah, you do. All right. I'm going to turn it over to Mark to close out the show. All right. Well, we thank you all for listening tonight. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, we ask you to go out and leave us a review on iTunes. That always helps us out. Um, also, yeah, if, if it's good. Uh, what else? See, now you threw me off. I forgot <laughs> I, what I was saying. I, I'm okay. going to start doing that just for spite. <laughs> but you can follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter, which is depthly handled by uh, Adam. And uh, you can follow us on Instagram as well, right? We have an Instagram thing. Actually, we do. That We put all the snarky stuff on Instagram, just FYI. <laughs> all the all the really well behaved stuff is on Facebook, but then the snarky stuff is on Instagram. So, and if you are planning a trip, you know they both go together. You know that, right? When you post oh. on Instagram, it posts to Facebook also. Wait a minute, am I posting on Face? I I I have not looked. Oh no no. Okay, on Instagram, yeah. Well, yeah, but the, if I if it's snarky, I keep it on Instagram only. And my level of snarky is pretty wimpy. I'm not gonna lie, but yeah, no, I don't. I don't put the snarky stuff on Facebook. I don't know. It's like, it's like I feel like Instagram is my own secret place. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, okay, go ahead. But if you are planning a trip to Disney World or Disneyland, you can contact any of the fine agents at uh, Main Street <laughs> or Travel. Dot com. Dot com. Chris, do you have anything to add? Well, I have nothing to add. Our services are free, and we have so many great people traveling with us this month, and I just want to thank them for their business and to tell them to have a great time. So, oh, I was one of those people. I was one of you those were people. one of the people. Thank you, Adam. No, thank you for all your all your help with my uh, vacation experience. You know, you did make a lot of changes this Well, time. yeah, that's what I do. Yeah. yeah, you're a changer. I changed my flight four times. Wow. Yep. It's crazy. All right. Let's All right. let's finish this out. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, thanks for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Good night. Next time. Good night. Good night, everybody. Good night.